Now you have to look at us. Sucks for you. <laughs> but um, we're back. Thanks for everyone uh, for being here for another episode of Music Maniacs with Side After Dark. We're Side After Dark, your hey. new favorite band. Yeah. And we're actually recording this episode at night. So this is a rare sighting of Sight After Dark after dark. After dark. So we're going for it this episode. <laughs> and um, you know how you know, really know we're going for it this episode? How? What our topic is. The masters. The studio masters of the 70s. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the legendary, the two, the only, Steely Dan. Yeah. Woohoo. All right. This is really exciting for us because if you have been following us and like the content that we make on YouTube and all this shit, you know that basically all of this started because of Steely Dan. Yeah. Like we were doing all these reactions like... Should we should we tell the story about how we got into like the reaction with Steely Dan? I mean, why not? I don't think there's a story about that. Yeah, why not? If you're watching, you like us, right? <laughs> you like us, right? Uh, but um, no. So you know, uh, quarantine happened. We couldn't play shows anymore in New York City. So we were like, all right, well, what are we gonna do? We're like, okay, well, we'll have to move online, right? So right. we just we're like throwing shit at the wall, basically yeah. on YouTube, like just seeing what would work, like. We did like um, comedy skits. Yes. We did like things making fun of like mu- music culture, like whatever. Not really making yeah. fun of, but just like a bunch of different stuff. We had some top fives, top tens, things like that. Yeah, like lists, like um, best bass lines yes. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were like, okay, let's try some reaction videos. So we went on our Instagram and was like, hey, we're going to do some reaction videos. Like any, any requests? And somebody said Peg by Steely Dan. Yeah. And I had heard of Steely Dan before. Yes. But I didn't realize how legendary they were. Right. I really, I knew like a few songs. Yeah. I knew like Do It Again and Ruling in the Years. I knew those two too. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So we did Peg. And this is the thing that was funny. Like all the other videos that we did, I don't know, they get like 50 views in like a month. Mm -hmm. And we did Peg and it got like a thousand views in like a week. Yeah. (laughs) So we were like, oh. Yeah. Maybe we should keep doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's funny how that happens. Yeah. Um, I actually think we're kind of wearing the colors from the peg video that we wore. I remember I was wearing blue. You oh, had a shit. red shirt, I think, with like, it was the Pulp Fiction shirt. Yeah, I think I was wearing the Pulp Fiction. We had a red, white, and blue theme going on. And now we do. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm repping Dweezil this time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then we, we did peg. And we were like, wow, this is crazy. Like, we wanted to know more about it. So we were like, well, what if we reacted to this whole album? Yeah. So we did all of Asia. So we ended up kind of going backwards in a way. Because we did all of Asia, the album. Yeah. And then we were like, all right, Steely Dan is kind of awesome. Maybe we should go back to the beginning and, like, work our way back. Yeah. And we ended up reacting to seven Seven. full steely dan albums seven of them oh my goodness yeah well i mean a lot of the steely dan fans were super encouraging you know Mm -hmm. and they just were like they just propelled us into that hole that we went into that deep steely dan hole that we jumped into we didn't have a choice we right they're like (laughs) go now but we're so grateful for that because like the steely dan is so awesome we really just had no idea how amazing they were yeah and um okay so i guess how where do we want to go from there we should tell like actually 
like how they met, like what they did, like yeah, because they've done some phenomenal things. Even on Peg alone, remember, I was just like, well, who's in this band, right? I was just like, I'm hearing some voices <laughs> that I know, you know. So they've they've done a specifically lot. Michael McDonald. Shout oh, out! What a crooner! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of those guys. Like you hear the voice on the song, and you're like, oh, this song just got way better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, let's talk about them themselves, Walter and Don. Yeah, so we got Walter Becker, mm-hmm. and we got Donald Fagan, yes. who from here on now shall uh, be referred to as Walt and Don, <laughs> <laughs> or Donnie or whatever. Don't hold it against us. Um, but so I really love these guys. Yeah. I just, I really, really appreciate their whole vibe and this their style because they're, well, we'll get into it. Okay, so Donald was from Jersey. Okay. I think he was from he was born in like Secaucus or something, All right. and then he ended up moving like upstate or like somewhere further from the city. Okay, and he fucking hated it. He was like, I hated being in the suburbs as a kid. Like I felt like I was trapped and blah 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 blah, like that kind of thing. I can feel that. And then Walt is from Queens. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I don't really know too much about like their early lives, like before they met, but I know that they both went to Bard College. Yeah, they definitely did. Which is. What it, uh, Annadale on Hudson, mm-hmm. which I think I only know that because they said it in one of their songs. Uh-huh. Which one was that? Uh, never going back to my old school or yeah. whatever. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, something about, they said something about Annadale. In yeah, there, and that's all the, only the memories reason I remember from it. that is coming back. Yeah. It seems like a long time ago, right? Yeah, and we had so many questions like, you know, like, well, what? Yeah. Who is Steely Dan? Yeah. Um, yeah, so they meet up. Are they up. a dildo? No. <laughs> Remember when everyone was like, do you know what their name is from? Do you yeah. Know what, yeah, I'm like, I looked it up. Yeah. But like everybody said it for like the like nine months. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, okay, we, we figured it out. <laughs> but Sorry, were you about to say something? No, no, I was continuing with, uh, yeah, they met up. So they, they're at Bard. Yeah. So I've heard like a few different stories actually of like how they met up. So I always heard is like, Bard Bard is like a, a relatively small school. Mm-hmm. So the way that I heard it was one time like Becker was like playing guitar just like at a cafe or something mm-hmm. and Fagan was walking by and was just like, "Oh, who's this?" I like his style. And then they just kind of like met and like became friends from there. Yeah. But then I was watching a documentary yesterday where it was actually them two talking about it. Yeah. And Walter said that, this is actually really funny what he said. He was like, yeah, like when I went to Bard, you know, it was a bunch of like long hair, like weed smoking people. And I thought there would be a lot of musicians there. And I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, there was basically four bands for the entire school. And Fagan was in all of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's what, I mean, that came straight from Walter's mouth, rest in peace. So I don't, so I got to go with that as like the official story. And I right. guess they just met up somehow. Like if you're, if there's only four bands and you're, music, of course. you're going to meet. Yeah. And if you're all like good, then you're all going to go to like the pro level or something like that. You're always going to know, especially if you, if you want to study something and you're in college, you're always going to meet like the people that are around there. Like nowadays, like I know like stunt people and casting agents and that's because yeah, we yeah. danced together in college. You know true, what I mean? True. Like it's interesting. That but yeah, sense. so, so yeah, they, they come together with their bebop and R and B style. All right. They're really into it. Right. They're like, do, 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 do. I want to sing some soul. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly like Fagan. <laughs> oh. No, nah, but it was cool because they're like, their whole vibe is like, they're like kind of outsiders and they're just observing things. They're observers, right? Yeah. So it's like they said, like they're some of their, I saw like um, an interview with like one of their friends in college. They were like, they would literally just like stay in their room and just smoke weed all day and, and chain smoke cigarettes and just like work on music. Like they didn't really like go out and shit. Yeah. And they seem like those kinds of people. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Really true. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I like that because um, I've heard a couple of guitarists say that. It's like, okay, well, I'm a rock star now, but like nobody wanted to F with me when I was that nerdy kid just in my basement, just mm-hmm. by myself, all like lonely and stuff. I, I just love stories like that, you know, because, and you know, John and Paul were kind of like that, the Beatles, right? They mm-hmm. used to sing in each other's faces. Like, <laughs> never, I heard, never of heard of them. them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's some, that's some good trust and like, you know, determination. It's like a, it's pretty cool. Cool thread. Yeah. yeah so, and I just, I really like it's because it like, and it, it becomes so obvious in their, their music that they, they were just on a different kind of wavelength than everybody else at the time. Yeah. And this is what I was thinking about it. Cause obviously getting ready for this, I've been like thinking about all the different aspects of Steely Dan. And I realized that like, if you're talking about like, if the seventies music scene was like a high school, mm-hmm. like the cool kids and the jocks would be like Zeppelin Aerosmith. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And Steely Dan would be like the really smart, like not nerds necessarily, but like the really smart people and like off on the side, just doing their own thing, like not giving a fuck about what the popular kids are doing yeah. or whatever that, you know what I mean? I would call them like the sophisticated kids without yeah. being snobby. They weren't the snobs. They were yeah. sophisticated. Like that kid will have the jocks over at his party. You know what I mean? Right. Like play some records something cool for them. About them. Yes. Yes. But they weren't just like, oh, like let's go get drunk and just like talk to a bunch of girls all weekend, blah right. blah blah. Like <laughs> right. they were, they were like reading things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here, darling, would you like to read this article? Like they were talking like that in school. Why <laughs> do I have this dance? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, it's just really cool because they're they're basically like the perfect like anti heroes of the seventies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just think it's really cool because. But I also think that's a reason why we didn't really know about them yeah. before. Yeah. Because their style is, it's very intellectual. Yeah. And like. Mm. But we did, but we didn't. It's kind of like when you're like, I don't know a mic. And somebody's like, everybody knows a mic. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I know five mics. It's like Steely Dan is so cool. It's like, we didn't know them, but we did. Yeah. And not only did we know them. Um, Do It Again is one of my favorite 70s songs. It's a great song. Yeah. So it's like, wow. You know what else is really cool? Do It Again is the first song on their first album. So that is the first Steely Dan song that most people would have ever heard. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome because that's a banger. That's that, a, to this day. It is. A, yeah. To this day. Yeah. And then it has that. I always thought that was Santana. Like when I was got growing that up. kind of Latin yeah. beat. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and um. That's pretty cool. That's one of the things that um, some people don't like that about in the industry where it's like, okay, do it again is a pretty, that's like a top 40 kind of song. Everybody can get, get that song, mm-hmm. but Steely Dan is not that song. 
No. Well, and people complain about the industry, how like they'll, they'll send you an artist with a certain style, first mm -hmm. couple of songs, a song, a single, whatever, and you'll gravitate toward that artist. And then the artist will totally switch their agenda on you. And then you're yeah. like, well, I'm already attached to the artist. Now I got to follow them different. along. Like, yeah, yeah you yeah. either jump ship or you got to follow them along the, the path. So some people don't right. like that. But I, that was a pleasant surprise. Steely Dan, who they are. Right. Well, that's actually a really good like segue for how like their progression continued to happen because yeah. so they graduated and they moved to Brooklyn and it's funny. So uh, in the documentary I was watching, they were, this was so funny to me. It probably won't be funny to y'all if, if you don't live in New York city, home of the Gambino. But, <laughs> yo, so they're literally, they're walking down like their street of like where they used to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. And, and, um, Fagan's like, yeah, we moved to Brooklyn back when the rents are cheap. Like me and my girlfriend, like we lived in this apartment for $85 a month. <laughs> I can believe it. But that's the thing that, and then they said the address, What's they were the address? like, it was like 904 President Street. Oh, my gosh. And I looked it up. Yes. It's in Crown Heights. No. Park oh. Slope. Oh, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, for y'all that don't know, Park Slope now is one of the most expensive fucking places to live in Brooklyn. Very expensive. In the 70s, it was a legit war zone. My yeah. friend's dad bought into a lot of real estate, and even she can buy a house now because her father was so smart in the 70s. Yeah. They have a club over there. They got a bike shop. They got two houses. Nice. It's insane. That's what's up. Yeah. But I just thought that was so funny. They're like, yeah, it used to be so cheap, and they, they said the address, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And I looked at the video. I was like, this house right now would be millions of dollars absolutely wherever it is i don't know because my school was at 1346 president street so that's crown heights that's like uh, president street and brooklyn avenue and the mm -hmm. houses on that row are huge yeah. oh my god i looked at it, it was like right on the other side of grand army plaza yes yes yeah, so it's like right that. there like right in the corner of the park and it was like a block from the park <laughs> it's crazy i would have been like, afraid of that park yeah <laughs> shout out to prospect park <laughs> Uh, it's a great place now. <laughs> right. Back then, get a life. You get found missing. In front of how you how you turn up missing? <laughs> Same way you wake up dead. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, okay. So, they graduated, right? And they moved to Brooklyn to try to get into the, the music industry or whatever. And they were, like, a songwriting group, basically. Yeah. And they literally went to, like... Ah, what's the, there was like a famous building in Midtown somewhere where all these songwriters were like Tin Pan Alley used to be like based out of okay. or something. And they literally like went there uh -huh. and like had an audition there to like be songwriters. Okay. And they literally, but they went there like on like during the holidays or some shit and there was nobody there. <laughs> there was literally like one producer that was still there that saw them and was like, yeah, I kind of like these guys. That's cool. So he picked them up as songwriters. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, the songs that they were writing were just too complicated for anybody else to do. That's what I heard. That they, <laughs> they were way too complex. Except I, they, the, when I was watching the documentary, this guy was like, so did any of your songs get picked up? And they were like, I think one of them. I think Barbara Streisand did one of them. Ooh. I was like, what? That's the best. That, shout out to Brooklyn, Babs. <laughs> I can call her that. Yo, I was like, I can't believe that Barbara Streisand is doing the pre deal these days. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, they were signed as songwriters, but nobody could really do their songs <laughs> except them, really. Yeah. And the guy, I don't remember his name, but the producer that like signed them kind of like realized that, and he was like, "All right, y'all got to start your own band." 
that's basically how it went down. That's so cool the way that happened. And it's interesting that they didn't see that themselves. So like, you know what I mean? I get it. That songwriting, like getting a gig as a songwriter is a good, it's good cash. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause you can really live your own life and still do your own stuff, but yeah. it, it could easily become a trap too. Um, just a segue. Like I think, uh, Carrie Hilson, an R and B artist, she used to write a lot and she got trapped and by the time she came out with a single and a songwriter, there were so many other songstresses out there that people were like, we don't care about you. Interesting. Like, you know? So, yeah, but that's really cool. So they, they start their own album. No, they start their own band. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And. Well, it's really interesting the way that it like progressed with them because when they started as the band, it was, you know, like an actual band band like they had a designated guitarist designated yeah. drummer they hired blah, 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 musicians blah, blah. yeah like and they they were touring and they were doing like the whole band thing as like a like a traditional kind of band uh, uh, uh who was on drums one of their bands cc and not coco chanel uh oh yeah well wow that was it Nice. So at Bard College, this was at Bard College before they moved to Brooklyn. They had a few bands, and Chevy Chase, yes, from SNL, yeah, was one of their drummers, which is insane. Yeah, that's small world, you know. Yeah, but that's why a lot of I had to ask that question. I was like, well, "What did some of these people play for Saturday Night Live?" Because you know, of mm. course, I mean, just being a person and being a child, you know, you didn't go out Friday nights and stuff like that. You didn't go out Saturday nights, so your entertainment was Saturday Night Live. So right. the music was very familiar to me, even all the way into the late '80s and early '90s. And of course, they used to show repeats, which are classic episodes. Right. So once we started hearing Steely Dan, I was like, "Well, did some of these guys play for Saturday Night Live or something?" And it turns out, yes, they're a bunch of session musicians. It wasn't the band. The band is Don and Walt. Well, that's the thing that's really cool is like, I don't even know if like band is like the right word for that. It's like, they're like a mood. They're just a mood. Yeah. It's like a, like Steely Dan became like a curated mood. Are we going to describe ourselves like that? No, 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 no. Because it's different because the we are a band because all the music is from just us two. Okay. Yeah. We don't have other people coming that's in true. and out all the time. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know I what I'm saying? I get it. Yeah. But them. Okay. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay, so, so the first album, Can't Buy a Thrill, yeah. was when they were just classic, like, a band. Yeah. Like, they were touring. They each had, like, specific members doing specific roles. And it's really interesting to me because the songs that we knew of Steely Dan before were all on that album. Yes. Were all on the first album. Correct. When they were more, like, typical yeah. rock band. Yeah. So they did that, but after, like, an album or two, it was... <laughs> it was pretty clear they just didn't really want to do that anymore. They didn't really want to tour. They didn't really want to be a traditional band. Mm-hmm. And what I heard Fagan say was like, okay, so, you know, I can't talk like him. <laughs> like, so you put out like the first two records and they sell pretty well. And then, uh, you know, that you have a following, you know, so then when you could put out another record, you still, you have the following now, you know, so you, so why do we need to tour? that's right on buddy that's basically what he said he was just like i'd rather not because again they're kind of a little bit antisocial. yes so like they don't want to fucking be on the road all the time they're like let's just be in the studio making music yeah yeah so that's how it progressed and that's not you know they're not the first people that did that like the beatles did that you know what i mean yeah um but but they brought it to a a really cool place Mm -hmm. because 
I don't remember. Do you remember what album they they stopped tour? I think Pretzel Logic was like their f- some around the time they. It sounds like yeah they they went for like. It was a few years. It's like uh, eighty one was the last time they they stopped, right? And then they had the break, and then they got back together after Gaucho. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah, I I would say it was probably like two, the third album in the second to the third album in that they stopped touring. Yeah, and I think Pretzel Logic is the third album, so that sounds about right. Because mm. I feel like. What's really cool for us, like we like we said, we reacted to seven full Studio Dan albums on our Side After Dark channel. So you can literally go back and watch us and our appreciation and love of Steely Dan grow with every single video. Like it's documented. Like it's like anyone could see it. Oh my god. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's super sick because I think they kind of hit their stride around Pretzel Logic. I think that's when they really like figured oh, like this is what Steely Dan is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. got my favorite uh Steely Dan song on it. Which is? Do you know what it is? No, I don't know what yours is. Night by night. That one's hot. That one is hot. What's yours? It's like um I like um don't laugh at me. I like don't take me alive. <laughs> Why would I laugh at that one? Okay, because it's just so funny. It's like the guy's like held up. Oh, he's holding... Yeah, he's like held up or hold up. That's what they call it, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm speaking very slowly. I think there's a little delay <laughs> between the <laughs> what the mic is picking up and what we're saying. You're crazy, man. Yo. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, that's a really good one. And it's just really cool. I just love I just love their whole persona cuz I kind of identify it yeah. with it in a way. Cuz I feel like when I when I used to when I was younger, I used to go out and party. I was like never the guy that's just like getting too drunk and just like I w- I would kind of be the guy that's just like observing. And that's kind of what they did. It never felt like they were judging. It always felt like they were just kind of describing what they were around. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting too, because a lot of their songs, they're you know they're talking about you know, like hookers on the street and like you know junkies, and it's like they were kind of like if the party was New York City, yeah, they were the people in the corner. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, writing writing the theme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was it's I always thought it was really cool how they did that, and they just were so different from all those other bands that we mentioned because of that. Like yeah. they were all just like swinging like macho, and that was just never their thing at all. Right, right. You know? Yeah, they talked about certain issues, so they're like you know, Steely Dan is like if Zeppelin invited you to a party, right? And then you're just gonna <laughs> write about it. <laughs> this is this is this is kind of a stretch maybe but i always thought i thought about this too like if led zeppelin is superman yeah then steely dan would be like deadpool okay okay who are you gonna say okay uh-huh. who are you gonna say what are you, I, you I, say batman I, yeah because they're smart they are smart and batman's way smarter than superman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's true. That but I like the Deadpool um anal because uh, Deadpool is funny. Yeah, they're yeah, funny. Yeah, they're from different universes, but they're funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. I thought uh, that that's yeah that because I haven't thought about Deadpool in a while, and I saw part one and part two, and they're hilarious. Shout out. <laughs> so it's really cool how they just completely put all of their attention to the studio, and they really. It's amazing how good the recording sound. Like to this day, I mean, it's like everything is so clean. Everything yeah. is so crisp. Yeah. It's like they were just at the top 
level of audio production for the day. Mm -hmm. And that was back in the 70s. It's crazy because I think about it now. I mean, we recorded our entire first album on my phone. Yes. On my iPhone. Yeah. And it sounded, you know, pretty good. And I'm listening to them and their shit sounds so good today. Yes. And it was recorded in the 70s when you only had like 16 tracks or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a testament to their like diligence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's obvious. It's like sleepless nights and sleeping over in the studio and all of that stuff. And and also being honest with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, well, does this suck? You know what I mean? Does it or doesn't it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so and that, you know, after a while, like if you want the same thing, you're on the same page. So Mm -hmm. then you probably like after a while, both know, like you both concur, like, oh, this sucks. Like, oh, throw this out let's keep this and that i i don't know exactly what the formula is but i know the two of you have to be on the same page like you know for it to just run itself basically you know to have so many hitters as albums Mm -hmm. like you know it has to be that well that's what i'm saying it's like i feel like calling them like you could obviously call them a band but i feel like what they are is not exactly a band yeah because it's more like they're curating a mood or a vibe yeah because they're just bringing it like they're writing the songs and they're like, okay, who can we bring in to really bring this to life? Okay. You I know see. what I mean? Yeah. 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 So like, they're kind of like, they have the idea Yeah. and they're just like, all right, Bernard Purdy, we need some drums. Come in. Uh, what's his name? Larry Carlton. Yeah. You could play this solo. Hey, come here. So they're just grabbing all the best parts and all the best pieces. And Donnie and Walt are the only consistent factors yeah so it's really interesting because like most other bands are just not like that most other bands are like you know you got four or five people and it's always those four or five people until one of them gets kicked out for doing too much drugs or something Uh you you know that's usually how it goes yes (laughs) Um, but they're just like no the two of us know what steely dan is and we're gonna have all of these pieces around us to make it come to life yeah you know what i mean yeah so it's almost like steely dan was just bigger than them but yeah. they were the driving force. Like yeah. there was no Steely Dan without them, but also it wasn't just them. Yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting thing that I don't really know anyone else exactly doing that exact thing, you know? No, no, not at all. I mean, there's some bands that had some like front people and you would have thought like they would have never done a change up, a, a lineup change or anything like that. And you generally change it to somebody completely different. You're like, WTF, yeah. man. Like, you know, and the audacity of you to feel like you can do that. The unmitigated audacity. (laughs) So it's like, I mean, I think Steely Dan probably understood that, like, you can't and you can't pull one out and say, like, oh, it's going to work. Like, somebody literally has to die. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) You can't just say, oh, we're going to choose Sammy Hagar to replace uh, Donald (laughs) Fagan. <laughs> no, that's never gonna happen. And it's so the way they wrote their lyrics was so cool. Cause they're I feel like all of their songs are like riddles. Yeah. Like it's so hard to really know. Like I feel like they're the only people that really know what their song's about. <laughs> like when you know, we did the reaction videos, like everybody would comment and think on like what they think it is or yeah. like blah blah blah. But it's there's so many possible different interpretations. Yeah. And we found out really quickly when we were reacting to them that most of the time, whatever we think it is, is just not right. It's not. It's not <laughs> like it, it's like they're like a 
they're like Jeopardy in a band, right? The way they write Ooh. their songs, right? They're like, I'm a this, I'm a that, I do blah, blah, blah. I'm just, you know, blanketing all their albums, right? I'm this, I'm what that, What is an I'm LSD here. maker? Yeah, yeah, I'm there, I do this and that. And then you, yeah, and then you have to guess like what it is. Like, it's like weird, right? They're yeah. Super intellectual, those guys. Yeah, yeah. I guess really that's what stood that, what made them stand out. And like, mm, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without sounding like mean but so like we were saying that like the the songs that we knew for sure of steely dan before we got into them were from the first album where they were like more straightforward rock yeah and i think a reason that they're not as well known as you know the zeppelin and the aerosmith is because you have to have a certain level of intelligence to really appreciate their music yeah and the general masses might not have that might not have that (laughs) and yeah yeah they're it's true yeah i I mean i'm like i don't know of a way to like try to even try to sugarcoat that like if you're dumb you're not gonna like steely dan yeah and it's like um also too it's like if what you like about music is just sensationalism like i'm not saying that they're not hitting uh, like our senses and stuff then you're probably not gonna like them like if you just want to see like some long hair and bare chest and tight jeans yeah (laughs) that's not the band it's not the band for you Not at all. But um, yeah, I was thinking about like what you said about them being like the guys at the party who kind of like just stand and observe and stuff. It's cool because the way they do they do their music is not in a snobby way. Like, you know, you've got right. Pe- right? You got people at the party who observe, but they're talking down right, about exactly. all the other people. at the- These guys are like, this is just what this is what it is. I'm going to paint the picture. Exactly. Yeah. They're not. Pat- they never felt like they were judging anybody. Right. It just felt like, oh, yeah, like this is what's happening. And I feel like another reason why we kind of related to it so much because they were in New York and they were writing about all this shit around New York. I mean, they're name dropping places. Yeah. Best sneakers in a pinnacle, <laughs> a lot of my friends, da, 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 radio city, you yep. know what I mean? And yep. we're just like, oh, like, like I could like see a lot of what they were saying. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and they were tired of like, um, like Charlie Freak is just like a drug addict that's like dying on the street. Yeah. You, that's something that you just see. You just see, <laughs> you know yeah, because I mean? the like, beat of New York City doesn't really change. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just the years that change. So the hustle is still the same. Like, you know? Is the city real in the years? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that was another thing I feel like why we related to them is yeah. because it's, like I said, it's like if if the party was New York City, right? that's how you would, and you were the outsiders observing, like these are the kinds of songs that you would write. Correct. And then also they had like a few albums that had like an L.A. kind of flavor. Yes. But it was still the same thing. Yeah. Instead of talking about, oh, you're doing stuff by Radio City, you're you're doing cocaine deals, With and then Hoops you're going McCams. to Mr. Chow's. Yeah, yeah. And you're meeting at Mr. Chow's, which is an actual place. Yes. Like they used to name drop so much shit. Right, right. That was actually real stuff. Yeah. Which helps you like picture it, I think. Yes, me too. I do. I do. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you want to win me over with some music. Not that this is the only thing. You just you just talk about New York. Or like, you want to win me over with a movie, you just put it in New York. And I'm like, I love that movie. <laughs> and it's, yeah, <laughs> for real. Um, but they just, and it's so cool because just everybody tore it up. Like, they really just got the right person every time. Yeah. And even Fagan himself, he rips a piano when he wants to. Like, there's a few of those songs, like, I can't remember, like, Fire in the Hole, I yeah. think, oh where they're just, like, that strutting piano. You're just yes! Like, oh, my mm. gosh. Mm. I forgot about that one. Right? Yeah, yeah. I need it to be remember- reminded. Remembered. Yeah. <laughs> Not put together Can you guys remember me, please? Yes. <laughs> Literally, put me back together and remember <laughs> me. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. So it's just so cool to see, you know, cause to see their progression and to see how they just got better and better with the studio, like really with each album Yeah. and how their just overall concept like expanded. Yeah. Because again, it started camp. I throw was a rock album and they, Oh, going back to that. So, you know, they had a different singer for a few of those songs and I heard that was just because Fagan was, had stage fright. Interesting. I didn't hear that. I didn't know that. That's what I've heard. Tell me if I'm wrong, people. Yo, stage right. Yo, <laughs> Donald Fagan, if you're watching, tell me what happened. <laughs> Hit me up, bro. You're right, Dan. I did have stage fright. Yeah, so that was really interesting. And now, even going back to that, like hearing that other singer on the first album, it feels kind of weird. Yeah. It feels it doesn't feel like Steely Dan. He just doesn't have the biting, like the. Mm, would you say like? sarcasticness like snarkiness like what is it about fagan's voice it's like a like a biting kind of quality it is um uh, um (laughs) fagan sings as if he's gonna laugh while he's telling the story (laughs) and he's i when i I promise you i was dying to see his face live i was like i got to see this man sing because i feel that he's giving you a couple of lines and when he's going to hit you with the punch, that's when his grin is like, I can't believe I wrote this. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and sure enough, like I've seen him perform and that is what is happening. Like he's seeing <laughs> and he's like smiling. Like I know guys, I know. Like that's basically what he's saying. Like you're chuckling in the audience and he's like, I know. Yeah. I know it's, it's funny. So th- I can't really find a, a, an adjective for him like you know i i can't it's, would but, you call it fagan-esque th- yeah let's just do it <laughs> that's all we got people <laughs> i don't know oh yeah it's it's just such a distinctive style that it's like you can play a steely dan song that we've never heard as soon as his voice hits the track we would know it's steely dan probably yeah. even before based yeah. on the instrumental and it's the way he pulls and pushes his vowels i remember seeing that in one video too it's like you right it's not yeah. just you it's like it yeah, yeah it comes yeah, from before really, the y and then after the u he pulls it like all the way from the back of his throat like all the way to the front yeah it's not like like his voice isn't just in one place like yeah yeah you know what exactly. i mean exactly and the only other kids i like i swear i don't care if you're 90 i'm gonna call you a kid if you are <laughs> sing this kind of music if you sing this kind of music Uh, the only type of other music that i've seen that in is punk where all the kids they go i want you like they do like that all the time like in pop punk now not like like a like a blink 180 like yes blink 182 yeah and everybody who came after them because let's face it like you know what i'm saying everybody kind of either does them or billy joe that's really interesting i never thought about that yeah it's the same and that's the only time I can hear it in a genre where it's like, okay, well, this is this is somewhat similar, but yeah, he's definitely the king of it in, yeah, in in rock itself. Well, I that think. reminded me of something that I said. I don't even remember. We we did so many Steely Dan videos. It's crazy. Like if you haven't seen any of our Steely Dan reactions, go check them out on our Side After Dark uh, YouTube channel. Also, listen to our music Side After Dark wherever you stream music. <laughs> um, but I realized that like the way that he phrases. His vocals also, they never fall exactly where you think they're going to fall on the beat. Yes. And I realize that's kind of uh, Sinatra-esque in a way. Interesting. Because Sinatra, it'll, like, I never realized this until I started trying to sing with Sinatra records. That every time I'm, like, I naturally want to start singing, he'll be a little before or a little after. That's true. Yeah. And Fagan is the same thing. Interesting. And I, I have to imagine that Fagan was probably a Sinatra fan. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean why not? Why not? <sighs> don't eat. What? He's from Jersey. You're from Jersey <laughs> and New York. Don't even say you're from there if you don't like Frank Sinatra. I'll say that. Don't yeah, you even. might as well be from Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> like I've got a Frank Sinatra song playing in my head right now just from time. when sh- mentioning his name like just from when you said that so um yeah definitely uh that with the the vowels and the consonant and the way he stops because remember we used to watch the lyric videos yeah and we couldn't follow along to save our lives remember yeah yeah that's so true <laughs> yeah so they definitely it's like their cadence is like what they choose it to be not what standard songwriting chooses it to be right and let me ask you something else out of all the seven stewie dan albums that we listened to so far which by the way i'm sure we'll do um two against nature at some point it just hasn't come up yet so why not i don't know why it hasn't come up yet let's do it in 2022 at some point it'll happen yeah it'll it'll definitely happen but out of all of the albums and all the stewie dan songs that we've heard how many of their songs would you say you know for sure what it's about no, come on. We didn't even know what a Katie lied was. We thought it was a girl who just lied. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so crazy that like they can have like their lyrics, like they paint such a vibe, but they're still so mysterious in a way. Yeah. That they're, they're full of like, I feel like they're full of inside jokes to themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they were writing these songs, like trying to crack each other up. Yeah. So you as a listener, you know that it's really interesting. <laughs> But you don't necessarily know what it's really about. Yeah, because I'm thinking about Daddy Don't Live in That New York City. That's why I'm like laughing as you're talking. Cause like <laughs> There's a few that you know. Yeah, but that one, no, but that one is hilarious because that's what you're talking about. They wrote it to make each other crack up because you're just seeing some bum dude, you know what I'm saying, who's jerked a lot of people, you know, yeah. and he's like, I got to get out of here, you know, so he's all seedy. Like you see the character yeah. and it's just like, get out of town, man. So mm-hmm. it's very funny, just like they think it is. So they were just masters of the studio. They just really, I mean, they really came in with like um, a strong sense of perfection, perfectionism. Yeah. And yes. you can tell. Yes. Like every single instrument is just mixed perfectly. There's like no mistakes, like on any of the, the albums. It's crazy. Super clean. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that takes like, I mean, well, it takes a lot of skill, but it also takes patience. And they actually look, they exude that, right? Like they're 100%. in them, they're going to get this right. Like that's, 100%. that's just what it is. So we, we did Can't Buy a Thrill, Countdown to Ecstasy, uh-huh. Pretzel Logic, yes. Katie Lied, uh-huh. The Royal Scam, yep. Asia, yeah. and Gaucho. Uh-huh. And that is their classic period. Yes. Because that's before they broke up. Yes. So... I don't really know exactly why they broke up. Maybe they were just burned out. Uh, yeah, because to 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 separate, to not talk shit about each other, and to come back together nicely seems like it was just a general consensus. Like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like, yeah, you want to take a couple years off? Why not? Like, or some, maybe I'm just guessing. You know, well, I know just- also that I know Becker was like addicted to heroin at the time, and that's not going to help <laughs> any relationship. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's a dragon. So uh, <laughs> it flies. <laughs> and I heard he flew away to Maui. Ooh. That's what I heard. Not for Maui, Wowie? For heroin? Well, maybe that also. Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, I guess they just like, you know what? We had a good run. We're going to lay off for a little bit. So after Gaucho, you know, they split. And I know that Fagin put out some solo albums. I think yes. Becker did as well. Yeah. Um, but even that was really interesting because we did, um, we reacted to one of Fagan's 
songs from the movie. What a wonderful world this oh, would be. No. I do I. Oh, yes. Wonderful world. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the movie for the um the song for the movie. What's wrong with me? The song for the movie. Oh God, is it uh is it about a newspaper? Mm, What's the movie? The Boston Rag. <laughs> Tune in. Shit, man, you guys are gonna have to. It's gonna. It's on the tip of my tongue. News, news something. We did. We did a song though by them, and they did a um, they did the soundtrack. I got the news? No soundtrack for a movie, man. It's it's like it's about to fall FM? out. FM. FM. Thank you. Yeah. No static at all. Yes. Yes. Okay. But so it was really interesting when we did that because that we did the 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 Fagan song, and it's when you. You're two people, but only one of you is singing. It's kind of hard to sometimes figure out what part of the song is by who. Yeah. But when we did the Fagin song, you could tell there was a little bit of grit that was missing from yes. like the Steely Dan songs. Yeah. And it makes you realize like, oh, that that little piece that's missing or whatever, that's all Becker. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's really interesting to see as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like it's bad. It's just that it's just, it's just uh, different. different and needs to come back together. That's like uh, reminds me of like like Annie Lennox and the Arrhythmics, right? So when they weren't the Arrhythmics anymore, like her sound changed to more kind of ballady and everything she did right. was beautiful. Right. But it wasn't, but it wasn't doom, 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 right. It wasn't yeah. the arithmetics. Like that was like, and that, and it was clear what was missing. Like, right. you know, once she did that. Right. But. So, so they, they were, hmm, I think it was almost like 10 years or something. They were apart. Cause I know that yes. Gaucho was like 80, like yeah, it was like 81. 81 to, um, uh, 90, what is it? 93 that they were not together. Something like that. Yeah. And then, so I, so then they got back together and then this is what's really cool is that then they decided to tour and they, they've got like an all-star band together to pit all these parts that before that were never performed live. Yeah. Because even back when they were, before they were broken up, it's like they were only in the studio. So nobody, no fans had a chance to really go see them live and to see these songs. Yeah. So then all of a sudden it's like, you know, 15 years later. And I remember them saying something like they were surprised of the people, like that so many people still wanted to see it. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, because they never got a chance to see it before. Exactly. Like ever, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was really crazy. Yeah. Because like, it's like, it really says something about the music that you can be gone to completely off the scene for at whatever, at least a decade. Yeah. And then you get back and it's like, everybody's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? especially if it's quality and if you especially if you added to music and music history. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could like they got plenty one hit wonders that go away and everybody's anticipating their comeback and they can't live up to it cuz it's like, well, you were just a trend really. Like you weren't Right. you were part of the moment or whatever and they definitely were not that. And I feel like it was like stages in their life. So they're younger, they're just like I don't really feel like going out and about, but then I figure they want to tour cuz they're older men now maybe have families maybe not but they're just secure enough in themselves and they're just like i gotta get out of here like, yeah yeah <laughs> they're like i gotta get out of the house somehow <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no so i just thought that was so cool that that you know they would come back later and everybody was still so hyped to see them oh yeah right and i, I mean they're still touring but obviously i mean becker's not there yeah. shout out to becker yeah um so i just think that's really cool and I think it's really interesting how when they put out a new album, 
fucking won a Grammy. I know. Just like that. Yes. And not to mention who it was up against. Yeah, those people were mad. Yo, that's so funny, though. Like, they beat Eminem for the Grammy. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I, when I read that, like, in my head, I'm like, yay. Like, you won a Grammy. <laughs> oh that's so funny yeah because i could see people being like well who the hell is steely dan like that even happened and stuff people were like so pissed and that's like if i was consciously like i don't fucking watch the grammys but (laughs) if i was watching the grammys at that time and it was eminem versus steely dan and steely dan won i think my younger self i would have been like pissed yes like what the fuck is this definitely how are you gonna tell me marshall mathers lp (laughs) is the best album of the year you know what I mean? Yep. But now it's like, I'm thinking about it with, I guess, more mature ears. I'm like, yeah, like, that's great music. And we, have, we haven't even heard that album yet. But if it's Steely Dan, I know it's fucking great. Yes. And that's yes. it. You yeah. know what I mean? And we're, we will hear it at some point. Eminem probably likes it himself. I was also wondering that. I was like, you think Eminem, even though, do you think he knew who they were? I would say, yeah. Eminem has sampled a lot of classic rock artists. I can't mm-hmm. see why he would not know who Steely Dan was. Yeah. Also, shout out to Kanye for sampling Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, and then I, I know they put out another album after that, but I don't think it did as well. Right. And then I guess that that was pretty much it. Yeah. Because unfortunately, uh, Walter passed away from esophageal cancer. I don't know if I'm saying it's yeah. esophageal right. Yeah, that's throat, it. Throat cancer. Yeah, throat cancer. <laughs> So RIP to him. And it actually made me really sad because I was reading how um, when that happened, like Donald was like, well, I don't want to keep using the Steely Dan name if he's not around. And like the promoters were just like, that might be a mistake. You better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't think it's going to go so well if you don't use Steely Dan. And I guess they convinced him to because he's they're still touring as Steely Dan. Yeah. And I'm sure they put on a great show. A whole new generation of kids that will want to see you. They won't be like, oh, Walter Becker's playing. They'll their eyes will open up wide for Steely Dan. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's they really just are, you know, kind of unsung legends for that time yeah and just because of that whole you know anti-hero persona like they're just they weren't as accessible yeah to the average listener i guess yeah but you gotta love that you gotta love the kind of anonymity at least i would you know and maybe it's because we're we're like big town people like you know what i mean so it's like you're used to like all of this and you don't want to be around it like Mm -hmm. all the time so like you you gotta love the fact that you were able to go to the best restaurants, go to the best nightclubs, and nobody, no huge bunch of people were going to chase you down. You know what I mean? You the can street. have Szechuan dumplings at Mr. Chow's. Exactly. You can just yeah. eat your dinner and chill, you know? Yeah. And it's also just impressive that it's like they just never tried to be anybody else. Like, it's something we talk about all the time, like, especially when it comes to art. The only thing that really matters is authenticity. Yeah. Because this is the thing, like, you can give up authenticity for, like, a short-term gain, you know, like a, to be like a one hit wonder or something like that. Yeah. But it's not going to last. Like it's kind of a trade off. Yeah. Like if you're doing something in the short term to gain popularity in the long term, you're not going to be remembered because you're just a trend chaser. Yeah. But the people that set trends, the people right. that are trendsetters yes. are never worried about that. No, they're just doing what they want to do. And that's yeah. what Steely Dan did. That's exactly what they did. It's true. Yeah. So good. Definitely. Them and Madonna. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into their artwork. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. end it with that, right? Or yeah, we'll, we'll go. Well, what do you? I mean, do you have a favorite album from theirs? 
I, I mean, our fans said that they didn't re- really like the Katie lied, but I like the Katie lied and I like, um, uh, it's not the Royal scam, right? What's the one when the guy's laying on the park bench? That's the, that's the Royal oh, okay, scam. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are my two that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked pretzel logic. Pretzel logic is cool. Pretzel logic. It probably, I find myself listening to gaucho a lot. Gaucho like, is very we did cool it, as like, well. Especially Glamour Profession. Yeah. I fucking love that song. Listen, I can listen to all of these albums. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really like them. Like, I really, really do. Um, Having to pick a favorite, I I, I want to... <laughs> I like Katie Lyde. had a lot yeah. of jokes in it to me. Yeah. But... um, And it was really cool, like, getting ready to do this podcast. Like, yeah. I was going and listening to their music, and there was, like, some songs I would forget on the album. I'd be like, oh, my God, this is such a good song. Like every album was just so good yeah yeah, ah, yeah. i love them <laughs> Me too. i just love those guys yeah yeah so let's talk about the artwork because they had some cool artwork oh man they definitely did like if you check out all their albums let me see they have a and that's kind of another thing i'm saying it's like if they're if steely dan is like a mood yeah like the artwork is also part of that mood yeah you know what i mean it's all just like it really just does feel like it feels like a curated feeling. Yeah. A curated vibe, if you will. It really does. I mean, you can't buy a thrill. Well, we're gonna put these up, right? Or yeah. but people are gonna hear us too. So Can't Buy a Thrill is the seventy two album and it's got like somebody's lips with a swizzle stick, you got a bare chested <laughs> man, you got a naked lady in a fetal position. You got hookers on the street looking the other way. You got a banana peel up at the top. My goodness. Yeah, that's definitely one of those things. Like, if you didn't know Steely Dan, and you, well, I mean, nobody would have because that was their first album. Yeah. But if you just see that in like a record store or whatever, you're like, what is this? Exactly. <laughs> you you know? got a woman's painted toes. Oh, my goodness. But this- think, think about that, though. Like, if you're already like, what is this? And then you, let's say you get the record and then you put it on, and the first song is Do It Again. Yeah. You're hooked. Yeah. You're no, there's no going back after that. Yeah, I mean, this album would definitely open a... T- uh, this is for teenagers, and this is for, like, you know, people that are out and hot to trot. Because this album, like, sc- this album cover screams sex. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, ooh, this looks sexy, right? You got the painted toes. So you get home, and yeah, you put on the first one, and you're just like, ooh, I got to call a date, right? Because that's a mood-setting song, right? <laughs> that's funny. They call date over. All right. So then, what's the next one? I want to see the, the years here. Um, the next one, we've got Katie. Well, I'm just going to just do them. Um, Katie, Katie, Katie lied. It's, it's, a, it's just a, a mantis. It's a mantis. So, I mean, uh, Katie lied is a mantis. We did not know that while we were listening. We relied on our uh, people to let us know. You got pretzel logic where the guy's standing outside the pretzel stand. That's yeah. some New York shit. Clearly right outside of Central Park. Yes, 59th Street. Um, what did you call it? The Royal Scam was the craziest one, right? That one's actually really deep too. Yeah. Because that's actually, so the Royal Scam, the song is one of the few where I'm like, I definitely know what this song is about. Yeah. It was clearly about like the perils of, you know, capitalism and the American dream. Yeah. And the, the album cover represented that so well because it was literally just a, I mean, it looked like, you know, like a homeless man. Yes. Who was just, you know, living there. And then these these skyscrapers, which are basically symbols of modern business. Yes. They're, they're big office buildings. They were basically just demons hovering over him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like that, the imagery of that is very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of reminds me, speaking of New York album, it reminds me of that Blue Oyster Cult album that we just did. With the church? Yeah. No, 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 not the church. It's like the one that's almost like an apex that you're looking up to. I forgot what song. Was it KG Creatures that was on that album? Maybe. 
Probably, but we did a Blue Oyster Cult album and it kind of looked like that, like you were looking up at something um, similar. I was wondering if it's like similar artist or anyway. Oh, you were still doing the artwork. Like I was all into it. Um, but all <laughs> the other ones, <laughs> Calcio and Asia, I never really understood what Asia was really. Um, I never really like looked and looked at it. But it was it like a person. Mysterious. Yeah, it was like the side profile of a person. And I was just like, well, was this their outfit? Or, you know, you just caught it like, was it an Adidas outfit? And you just <laughs> caught the side of it? <laughs> they wearing tracksuits? <laughs> and then Gaucho was cool because it was like that stamp. Um, or it was I a think it was, a, it was like a painting, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. that Gaucho amigo? <laughs> <laughs> And then that, I feel like those are the only ones we should do, though, because we haven't listened to the other two albums. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to do the other artwork. I'm sorry. I just got caught up in a picture of the vinyl, and I'm, like, wondering slightly. I'm like, should I buy the vinyl? Ooh, gaucho (laughs) vinyl? (laughs) Somebody asked us that if we collect vinyl. I answered yes, and what did they say? Did they say something? I don't know. I didn't see. It was either, well, it had, it wasn't in the Instagram. It was in our YouTube. And it's like, guys, do you collect vinyl? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why not? You got something to give? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, honestly, I might buy a gaucho vinyl just to listen to Glamour Profession. I feel you on that. I might buy a record player just to start listening to vinyl. Hey. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. Like how do, it's just like, obviously we love Steely Dan. I don't even know how to like sum them up. I mean, they just... They just clearly made their own lane and just stuck with it. Yeah. Like things didn't go, you know, like the the way that you would typically expect things to do. It's like, oh, yeah, like we were this artist and then we were discovered and then we got big, like blah, blah, blah. Like, no, like they were literally signed to a label. Nobody could do their songs. They were too complicated. And also like the chords that they used were very different, like for rock music. Like the yes. chords were like, it was almost like they were using jazz chords over rock beats. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which now I guess you would call like fusion. Yeah. But I think back in the day when they were first doing that, like I don't think that was a very common thing. Yeah. And even their singing style would do that too, right? You'd think they're going to a different note and they're not. And I wanted to say this in the beginning that like, it just goes to show that geniuses are like, made they're not necessarily born Mm. you know because all they needed was the right producer to tell them you guys should just write your own shit start your own shit not you guys are fired nobody can sing your stuff like you know what i'm saying right yeah like they they had an angel with them basically (laughs) like damn now i wish i remember that guy's name because that is really important in the story yeah i think it was like Gary Katz yeah. something like that because I've been around musicians and I'll be like oh let's make an album with a whole bunch of different songs on it and people be like you can't do that you can't and then Lady Gaga comes out like you know what I'm saying like you know you just need yeah. the right people around you at to the right see the time vision. yes yes because people could shut you down and you could think like oh man then I'm, I'm not good or what imagine if that happened to them like you know right. what I mean well I guess that's really you know what I guess I think that's really what it is like what it all comes down to is that that Walter and Donald just always had the same vision yeah. of the music that they wanted to do, the music that they liked. Like ever since they met at Bard College, I mean, that's clearly, it must have been the thing that, you know, always, you know, united them. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, they, they literally met because they were like the only musicians around. And it's like, just because you're the, the only musicians around doesn't necessarily mean you're going to vibe with each other. Right. That's true. You know, but they clearly did. And they're just like, we got something here. And they just never gave up. 
Like they took a few years off or whatever. Yeah. But they kept doing it and they just stayed true to themselves the whole time. And that's really like the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Is like it didn't matter what the biggest rock bands were doing. It didn't matter what was number one, whatever. They were just like, we have our style and we're going to do it and we're going to do it the best that we possibly can, regardless of how long it takes, regardless of how many people we need to get in the studio to make this happen. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. And the one story that I, I really love that everyone told us in the comments is that like back in the days, like when you would go to like a speaker store and you wanted to test out for speakers, Mm -hmm. they would always play Asia because the sound quality was just so good that it would just like, like, that's how you knew. It's like, okay, well, do the speakers do it justice? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like if I'm going to go buy some speakers today, I would be like, <laughs> Put on. well, how does Steely Dan sound on these? <laughs> that's right. Can you hear all the piano chords in Home at Last? <laughs> if not, I don't want it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. I feel like I had more to say before we started the podcast. It's just like, I just love them. Like, yeah, me too. Know. Me too. And like, I mean, they're so great. And they're Jimmy Page's favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they were Buddy Holly's favorite band too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and the Big Bopper. <laughs> Sorry, RIP. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is there um any... Um, any last thoughts on the Dan that you want to express? No, I, oh man. Oh yeah. If you just are watching this just to like watch music maniacs and you haven't heard Steely Dan, go now and listen to them. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, listen to them chronologically. Yes. And even if you don't, you're going to have a good time, but it is really cool to see how they started from the first album. And it's, their progression is very obvious. And I just think that's so cool to see. Like they never, were stagnant as artists yeah they were always pushing that's the cool thing yeah very true yeah so shout out to them uh-huh. shout out to all of you for watching thank you guys. we really appreciate it this this is the music maniacs podcast uh-huh. if you don't know we're doing this all by ourselves so if you like the podcast go to patreon.com slash music maniacs to support us so we can keep doing this um, we really just hope that you all enjoyed it we're having a great time doing this and we hope that uh it, you know, it goes like that for you as well, just watching. Yeah. And um, until next time, thanks for being maniacs with us. Later. <laughs>